0: I'm Pastor Gerald Rico, and this message is a part of our online ministry here at River of Life in Menominee, Wisconsin. To find out more about us, please visit our website, riveroflife.co. Again, that is riveroflife.co. But for now, prepare your heart and enjoy this message. Well, good morning, everyone. It's sure a pleasure to be here sharing the word with you today. And I'd like to start out with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the enabling us to come here and worship you and praise you and hear you speak to our hearts. And Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts, that you help us to know what we need to know, Lord, in this life, that, Lord, that we need to know how we need to draw close to you and use your spiritual habits and disciplines, Lord, to draw closer to you and to become more like your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, well, uh, we're going ahead with our series on spiritual habits. And I'd like to have a little bit review for maybe some people who haven't heard the, the, the two previous messages on spiritual habits. So I'd like to start out by telling you a little bit about spiritual habits there are practices found in the bible which encourage train uh, educate advance our growth our spiritual growth and uh, becoming more like jesus and and it's for those who are saved and born again it's not only means to be closer to, to, to christ but also to become more inwardly like him to develop a heart like him and also Outwardly where we live a life that resembles his life a life that tells others who jesus is i'd like to read from first timothy chapter 4 verse 8 physical training is good but training for godliness is much better promising benefits in this life and in the life to come training for godliness is the most important thing that we can do as a Christian. It's where we progressively become more like Christ through a relationship with him. And through that relationship, God produces godliness in us. Here a couple of weeks ago, uh, I spoke on uh, Bible reading. It's uh, a spiritual habit that all Christians should practice every day. It's God's. The Bible is God's authoritative word which is infallible and errant to tell us more about who God has been throughout the history of man and what he desires of us. It's a way that we can come close to God and God can teach us uh, about his ways and how we're to live uh, to have joyous, happy lives. Also, last week, Mark Schmidt spoke on another spiritual habit, and that's of prayer. That's another thing we, we need to do daily. And it's probably the strongest form of communication. In fact, I know it is. Uh, it's the strongest way we can communicate with God. Um, Mark mentioned that when we pray, our prayers should be heartfelt, and should, uh, we should talk honestly with God. It's not about a formula. It's not about saying certain words that will make God give us what we ask for you know we can't make God do anything right Uh, God can live without us but we can't live without him prayer is also uh, a invitation to more intimate loving uh, relationship with God all right spiritual disciplines do not bring about salvation it's impossible for us to earn our salvation. We're saved by God's grace through our faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. We can't possibly earn it ourselves, he earned it for us. Okay, I'd like to get to the next spiritual habit or discipline uh, in the series and it's fasting. Okay, Fasting has been around for a long time. Okay, The Israelites have been practicing fasting for many thousands of years. And Christians have been practicing it for almost 2000 years. So what is fasting? Well, a very simple definition is is uh, Christian fasting is abstaining from doing something for spiritual purposes. Probably the fast that we we think of first is probably what they call a normal fast where we abstain from food, but not water. And then there's a partial fast where we uh, abstain from eating all foods except for simple vegetables, sort of like the the Daniel fast. And also there's regular scheduled fasting. I believe the Jews still uh, fast annually on the day of atonement. That would be an example of regular fasting. And within Christianity, within say the the Protestant denominations uh, it's very prevalent also Uh, John Wesley who was a evangelist pastor in the 1700s who started uh, the Methodist movement he wouldn't even ordain a Methodist pastor unless they fasted every Wednesday and every Friday so it's a very powerful discipline Uh, that God wants us to use to help us draw closer to him and to become more like him. And then we have congregational fasting, where the whole church fasts, national fasting, which we see uh, happened a lot in uh, uh, the Old Testament with the Israelites. and It's actually happened here in the U.S. uh, like uh, Abraham Lincoln did, did it multiple times during the Civil War. So, um, before you start fasting, though, it's important that you consult a doctor. You know, if you can't uh, fast from food, you might want to fast from doing something like um, texting, using your phone, social media, television, uh, sleeping, talking, something that you do frequently that might give you a little bit of discomfort. And a little bit later, I'm going to describe to you uh, why we need a little bit of discomfort. Okay, can you please stand for the reading of God's word? I'd like to read from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil, for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You may be seated. Before this occurred, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. It was a baptism of water. And when Jesus arose from the water, the Holy Spirit came upon him. You see, when Jesus was placed in the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit, he had the Holy Spirit in him. But now he had, it, had the Holy Spirit upon him to start his ministry. And the first thing the Holy Spirit did was uh, led him into the desert Um, which was the will of God to be tempted by Satan. And after 40 days and 40 nights, the devil came to tempt him. You know, the devil does that to us a lot in life. When we get weak as Christians, whether it's through sickness or whatever it is, that seems to be the time that uh, Satan most wants to come and attack us. And that's what he did here with Jesus. When Jesus was, of course, very hungry, forty days and forty nights, the Satan said to him, "You know, if you're the Son of God, turn these stones. Uh, tell these stones to become loaves of bread." Now you see, Jesus is not only fully God, but he's fully human. He, since he's fully human, he felt human weakness. And I can't imagine what it would be like to fast for, for 40 days and 40 nights. I've never went that long. But I, I, I can imagine he had to feel terrible. And, you know, actually Jesus was being tempted more in this situation, I believe, than, than we would be in that same situation. You see, at any time, Jesus could have asked angels to come minister to him, or he could have just like the, the, Satan tempted him with, you know, turn these stones to, to bread. He could have done that. You know, if I would be in the desert, you know, fasting, you know, it would pr- probably take less than a day before I become very hungry. And if I had the ability uh, to produce something to eat, I probably would. Probably something like pizza, because I, I like pizza. Um, I don't know about you, but I love Pizza Hut, meat lover's pizza. And if I had the ability to make it appear before me at any time, it'd be tempting not to do that. Especially if I'd be in the desert starving, right? So, uh, so Jesus countered with what Satan said to him by saying, no, the scriptures say, do not live by bread alone, but by every word, that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus used the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, His Word, to overcome this temptation and overcome Satan. You see, Jesus is our model. If we follow Him and in the, in the way He lived His life and the things He did, uh, we'll become more and more like Him, and we'll be able to overcome things in life much easier. We'll learn to be dependent upon God and to look to him to work through us to overcome any obstacle that Satan puts in our path. Okay, I'd like to read next from Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 and 15. One day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, why don't your disciples fast like we do, and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, Do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. You see, the disciples of John the Baptist, I don't know if they knew this, or they just weren't thinking about it, but they were actually in the presence of God. Jesus Was right there so they didn't have to fast or doing these spiritual habits or disciplines to be in his presence to uh, learn from him because he was there available to him they could speak to him they could have a relationship with him but as he says here Jesus said when the groom will be taken away in other words when Jesus leaves this earth and go to heaven then his disciples and his followers will fast They'll need to fast to to be in his presence, to have a relationship with him, to yearn for him, to hunger for him. So the main point I'd like to make about fasting is that Jesus not only showed us how to fast, but promised his followers they would fast as well. Fasting draws us closer to God by starving our flesh and feeding our spirit. It causes us to hunger for more of Jesus in our lives. Fasting helps to produce godliness in us. It causes us to focus on him and his ways. It makes us want to be obedient to him and makes us realize to be dependent and to allow him to work through us to strengthen us. To overcome the challenges of life i want you to think about this next statement for a little bit have you noticed that humans in general humanity have short memories you notice that you notice that humans in general have a very short attention span i hope everyone's uh paying attention right now (laughs) but that's that's just a human tendency right that we have a short attention span well Israel had the same problem okay if you read in the Old Testament many many times what happened you know the Israelites turned from God God would tell the Israelites listen this is all you got to do all you got to do is worship me and be obedient to me and not worship other gods which they are all false gods other than, than the one true God. And be a, and, and follow me, do what I'm asking. It's not hard. So what would invariably happen? A short time later, they would turn away from God and they'd worship other gods. And then bad things would come up on. them. It'd be sort of something like this, right? There'd be, um, an Israelite guy, for instance. And, uh, he would see a pagan girl, a, a, a girl that didn't worship God. You know, and God knew that people have this problem of having short attention spans and short memories. So what would God do? He would tell people, uh, Israelites, A, hey, uh, don't marry people that don't believe in me. Don't, mar- don't marry pagans, okay? In fact, don't even mix with those people because he knew that their attention would be diverted from him. So here would be an Israelite guy. He would say, well, this pagan girl's cute. You know, I'm going to get to know her and I'm going to marry her. So then his attention would divert from God to her. And when it did, then it would divert to what she did. You know, she's a pagan. Uh, so pagans, what do they do? They worship other gods. So all of a sudden and you can think of this on a massive scale. Of many Israelites doing this, then they would start worshiping false gods, and then they would open the door for bad things to happen in their lives and to their country you know their their enemies would, would come in uh, and attack them, kill some of them, maybe enslave them, and then they would be suffering really bad then what would they do? they would cry out to God and ask for him to save them, they would fast many times, especially before a big battle to maybe uh, conquer the, the, the forces that were coming against them. They'd fast and repent and rededicate their, guys, their lives to God. So what normally would happen then, God would save them. And then the cycle would go, would start all over again. Right? Because people have short memories and, and uh, sh- a short attention span. And, you know, I don't want to beat up on the Israelites because we're no different. It's the very same today. You know, it, if you look at it. Now, when I was a kid, there was a country called the USSR. You remember that? Those of you who are older, <laughs> you, you are probably over 35 years old. Um, you know, we were afraid of them. It was a Union of Soviet Socialist Republic. It was ran by a communist government. And we were afraid, I'm sure many of you were, of being, we thought they were going to shoot missiles at us that were nuclear missiles, and, you know, it was going to create horrible things here, right? Kill many people. And the U.S. fought in multiple wars to stop the spread of communism, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, there were over 100,000 Americans died, and then they had the Cold War that went on for uh, what uh, almost 50 years, and over a hundred years, approximately 100 million people died due to communism. Over 100 million. Okay, and most of the people that died were people in the communist countries they were either killed accidentally or on purpose by the communist regime that was was that was over them and you know they persecuted christians they pushed atheism which i think is sort of weird because you know they would say well there's not a god but then what they would turn around and do the government became their god. That's who they looked to for everything. They basically worshiped their government. So what do we see today? You know, uh, we saw the wall fall in the, in the late 80s, and we all thought, well, communism's going away, right? You still had China, you still had North Korea, you still had Cuba, but we thought, well, it's, it's gone away. So what's happening now? A form of it is spreading in Europe. They're shutting down churches, okay? They're looking to government instead of God, and it's happening here. You know there are millions of people here that are they're doing the same thing. And what I pray is that a revival comes about, and everybody in this country and throughout the world turn to God, and receive Him as their Lord and Savior because He is the only true God. The government isn't our God. Okay, Jesus is our Savior. He is our God. Well. Um, uh, I would like to um, ask you guys a very important question. All right, now this is going to be a tough one. How many people have an alarm clock and use it? I had mine on this morning. Okay, those those things are neat, aren't they? They they really get your attention. They do their job. You know I. When mine goes off, sometimes I'm not a morning person. I don't know if there are other people here like me, but uh, I'm, you can ask my wife. She's a morning person and I'm not. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I get up and I'm, I'm like a grizzly bear when I get out of bed. But uh, sometimes that alarm clock goes off and I reach over and I hit the snooze button. All right? But you know, it's faithful. Ten minutes later, it goes off again. You know? And. You know, I can play that game for a while. Some mornings I do. But usually, after it goes off again, it's like, okay, you win. So I shut it off and I get up. But you see, um, there's a mechanism within fasting that is like an alarm clock. And it gets our attention. And you, you, you probably all know where I'm going with this, right? That alarm clock... Is hunger you know you feel the hunger pangs when you're fasting and that's sort of like an uh, the alarm clock right it gets your attention and what does it do when you feel those hunger pangs it's like you think I'm fasting right and you think of the purpose you're fasting about and also you you think well this has something to do with something I prayed for uh, to God or, or something I'm seeking from him. or I mean, There's many purposes. But that's one of the reasons that fasting is so effective because it's like, it's like you, you know, it's continually reminding you. It's, you know, you hit the snooze button maybe when you're fasting by drinking maybe water. Okay, you have something in your stomach and you might not feel as hungry for a while. Or, better yet, you read God's word, you spend time with God, you forget about your hunger. But when you get away from that, what happens? You feel the hunger again. It's a good thing. And it's not about suffering to earn God's favor. You know, it shows God that we're serious about our relationship with him and we're serious about the purpose for the fast. And I think you, you all will agree with your, that your mind controls you and your body, right? So what you think about and who you think about tends to make who you become. So if your mind is on God and his ways, then you'll become more like him. All right, I'd like to read from Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. So Jesus here is saying when you fast. He says it once in each verse here. Okay, his expectation is, is at some point in our lives we fast. Now, I don't know how often. Uh, ask God when, you want, when he wants you to fast. Okay? It might be monthly. It might be quarterly. It might be yearly. I don't know. But follow God's guidance in that. Okay, he, he doesn't want us when we're fasting to show others how godly we are or how pious we are. Fasting is personal. It's between you and him. And fast, the word fast is so important in the Bible and in many translations, it occurs in the Bible more than the word baptism. So the next question might be, how do you get started? You know, there's all these kinds of fasts. Well, you you might want to pick one, right? You have to pick one. But... The next part is actually the most important part. You have to come up with a spiritual purpose. And there are many spiritual purposes for fasting. The the one that comes probably most to mind is it strengthens prayer. So when you're fasting, It enables you to to pray in a stronger kind of way and maybe about some kind of struggle that that you have or uh, something that someone else is struggling with helps you be more connected with god so you can pray in a stronger way to him also another purpose could be seeking guidance from god makes us more receptive to hearing god's word and receiving his guidance you see that a lot in the bible too You see, Moses, he did that a lot, right? So another purpose would be expressing grief. It's a good way to express the depths of your emotions to God. Because grief is a sense of loss about someone, a loved one, or something. And it's good to talk to someone about it, and it's the best to talk to God about it. And God will help you get through it. And he will pull you out of that hole and fill your life full of joy and happiness. Another purpose could be repentance and rededication to God. Like I mentioned earlier about what the Israelites would do when they um, fell away from God. And they were suffering and they wanted God to come back in their lives to help them. So they would repent. In other words, they would tell God that I'm changing my ways to your ways. And they'd rededicate their, their life to God. They'd say, I surrendered you, God, and I'm going to follow you. An- another purpose could be humbling yourself to God. You know, when we fast, we feel weak, right, because of, of the lack of food. It, it causes us to look to God f- for, to be more dependent upon him. When you think about it, too, when you're fasting, you think about God has created the whole environment for plants to grow, right, and, and for, for uh, animals to, to live and grow. And through that environment, God produces rain to nourish the plants that provide us food. So it makes us realize through fasting when we're hungry that we need to depend on God to make food available for us. Also, another purpose might be wanting God to work in the lives of others. Or maybe you have a, uh, a daughter or a son or a brother or sister that doesn't know God, that's not a child of God. You may pr- uh, use fasting to help you to continually look to God and pray to him that uh, the Holy Spirit would speak to their hearts and that they would receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Another uh, purpose that many people use um, for fasting is to be delivered from some type of addiction. Okay, whether it's cigarettes, food, alcohol, uh, drugs, um, God can deliver you from any anything, and anybody. Um, I I think I mentioned you all. I, I do some jail ministry and. I talked to a lot of people that suffer from drug addiction, alcoholism. And actually, I know several pastors that had suffered from that before they became pastors years ago. And that is by far the most successful way of being delivered from it. In fact, I've seen it so much, I believe that God's the only one who can truly deliver people from these types of addictions. And he can. He does it every day. He's really good at it. Uh, another purpose might be to overcome some kind of temptation and to surrender yourself to God. Or it might be just uh, simply showing your love to God and, and worshiping him. That's, that might be a, another reason for uh, fasting. All right, in, in summary, we fast, to help, uh, we fast to help us focus on God and the things of his kingdom. helps us to shift our attention to him because we as human beings we have short memories and short attention spans fasting helps us to focus on him and the purpose of the fast causes hunger pangs which remind us of our weakness that we need god's help that we need to be dependent upon him that we need to look to him it's also a way of showing god that the purpose for the fast is more important than food also, fasting draws us closer to God, and when we fast, too, it's a way to yearn for more of Jesus. We hunger for more of him in our lives. And finally, it's about proving to God and yourself that he is above you and your needs, that, that you need to be dependent upon him. Okay, well, for anyone that's watching online or anyone here that have not that. That haven't received Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior I'd like to give them that opportunity right now and I would I would ask if uh, you're interested in that through pray prayer 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 something like this or repeat it after me but I, I'd like to pray f- uh, for uh, an unbelievers reception um, for an unbeliever to receive Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior so this go to the Lord Dear Lord, I thank you so much for your great love. And Lord, I pray that you forgive me of all my sin. And I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave for me. I now want to turn away from my ways to your ways. I want to receive you in my heart as my Lord and Savior. And I now want to follow you as my Lord and Savior for the rest of my life. Please give me the power to look to you for everything in my life and help me to overcome anything that comes my way that's causing me to struggle. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, one final prayer before we leave, and then I'll ask the worship team to come up. Dear Father, I thank you so much for this time with you, Lord. I pray that we seek you every day, Lord, through not only reading your word and prayer, but also, Lord, help us to know the times that we should fast, Lord, so we can draw closer to you, Lord. Help us to become more like you. Help us to always have you in the forefront of our mind. Help us to always look to you, Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you work in us and through us this week, and that we may draw closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.